Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the president of Dynamic Leader, Inc., and the Exponential Success Coach. With me today, we're going to take a peek into what it takes to do a great big bounce in your life and uh, prove yourself to yourself. With me, I have... I have Beate Chalette, Chalette, Beate Chalette, uh, and uh, she's going to be talking about. She was an immigrant. She was in debt. Uh, she was like over six figures in debt. She was a photographer, and now she is known as the growth architect. And I want to talk a little bit about strategy with her as well. So, uh, welcome, Beate. Welcome. Uh, I am so excited to be here, Wayne. I can't wait to share some of these insights and then maybe pull out a few leadership lessons to cut with with a sword through all the nonsense cut, out there. Cut through <laughs> to what matters most. That's awesome. Very good. So uh, you didn't wake up one day and go, "Well, I'm the growth architect." Uh, there was a there was some turbulence in your life. Now, what part of Germany did you grow up in? So I'm I'm originally from Munich, and then I grew up in Nuremberg, which is still in the south. And then I, I was living back in in Munich. I went to photography school, and I realized very quickly that I was better at the business side of it because the, it just came natural to me. I also like to work with people that are colorful, non-conforming. They have great ideas, but have difficulties landing planes, and uh, that's how my career started as in on the business side of of everything and I first started as a photo editor at L magazine so that's kind of how my trajectory in Germany went amazing so uh, you know it's in, it's interesting um that you leaned into your superpower being able to define it it's like I'm better with the business side and working with the colorful people I I think it's really important because a lot of us are creators and we're out there going, this is our thought. This is what I want to bring. This is all that stuff. And you go, well, add some strategy to that. And you might actually have a thing, have a process. So Yes. I had a conversation actually yesterday with my sales guy and I had sent him uh, something that is a 60 day, 60 day dash, a calling strategy. So I have four strategies for that. And then he contacted me afterward and he said, you had this all along and you never told me. And I said, well, that's because I, I I create constantly. And then he says, well, you make it sound really easy. I said, but it is easy. Yeah. It it's, is easy. It It's easy or it may be simple, but may not be easy for some of us. Right. So it's, I think that's the key is that, you know, we each have strengths. And where we don't have particular strengths, I think it's important not to push to, well, I have to be well-rounded and grow into the areas that I don't have strengths, but to actually call on somebody who has strengths in an area that we don't, you know, that's... that's you make a, 
I'm going to I'm going to stop here because I think you're making a super important point and maybe this is really a great time to point this out. So one of the things that I learned is that we have to look at how we are brought up and we are brought up in an environment where we are being taught existing information, we are being told to remember existing information, regurgitate existing information, and if we do that well, we get an A. And so that's our entire educational and academic career is all about what exists, what can, you know, so the better you are at that, the better you do at school. So we basically create an entire generation of people that we want to force to live at status quo. But that's not how the world works. That's not how business works. That's certainly not how leadership works. So suddenly then we are in this environment and somebody says, so Wayne, Beate, tell me, What's your superpower? And you go, learn existing information, remember existing information, regurgitate existing information. And people say, oh, we, we already have all of that. We don't, we don't need that. Well, what else can you do? And then you go, nobody's even ever asked me that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this, this piece that you just touched on is, especially when we think about leadership or cut, cutting, cutting through the noise, one of the most important things is we call it... I, I call it an unapologetic value proposition mm-hmm. where when somebody says, well, Wayne, let's face it, you're really good at this, but but your your pivot tables, you know, they really suck. I mean, I saw your Excel spreadsheet that pivot table is like a first grade pivot table. And then what you should do is put your head back and laugh out loud and say, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. John on my team does that. He's a whiz and pivot table. I don't I don't waste my time doing something that I'm not good at, but I'm really good at finding Johns and I'm at finding people that know how to do that because I'm a leader and I build teams. That's my superpower. But I think we are so used to this idea, especially in on the manager level, that where people feel that their job is like the, you know, like the teacher and the parent-teacher conference to say, you know, Wayne is Wayne is really good in English and his essays are amazing. Um, he just needs to be a little bit better in sports. And yeah, he needs to work on math and his Spanish. Ooh, his Spanish is just awful. Instead of saying, you know what? You've got a great kid that knows how to tell amazing stories. I see leadership capabilities because this guy, you know, on the on the schoolyard, he's surrounded by 20 other people. They're laughing. They're feeling good. This man has leadership capability. Lean into that. So they tell you to lean into the wrong thing. And so I think it's really important that we point this out early in this conversation, that a lot of this anxiety, depression, or this uh, lack of performance or engagement in organizations comes because we're focusing on the wrong thing when we are finding people, when we're working with people or leading people. I love all of that. Um, I did a, a blog recently about um, asking an elephant to climb a tree, asking a uh, you know a, a bird to swim underwater, like they are that each of them have strengths, right? And it's like it's the leader's job to say, "Oh, do your thing, do the thing that you're good at." And where there's an interest and you think you have aptitude, let's check that out. I'm willing to invest in you to check it out. Right. So that's fabulous. Um, I love all of that. How, uh, 
how'd you get from München to here, Munich, from, from Munich to, uh, you're in Los Angeles now. How did you get from there to here? Um, and I mean, you were pushing against in order to recreate yourself, right? There was yeah. something going on for you. Yeah. So, so the, the initial, the initial, the initial thing was my father was the CEO of a dairy company in Germany and the board had come together and asked the, um, it, there's a German word called the Vertrauensfrage, and it means it was a question of confidence, like a vote of confidence in, in the CEO. And the board had wanted to teach my father a lesson because he was cocky and he was confident and he, he, uh, you know, he knew, he knew who he was. And then suddenly they had the majority on the vote mm. against him. And so he was fired on the spot. And when I looked at my father, I saw a lot of myself and my traits. I'm 23. I'm I'm running the photo department at Elle magazine. People will do anything for me to get, you know, in with Elle magazine to have their photos published. But I had this delusion that maybe it was because I was so amazing and I was the holder of power and, and, you know, I could not like the kingmaker, you know, that certainly was not my role as a photo editor. It was more the art director who did that. But I certainly had a powerful position where I even had the opportunity to get people that needed to be at a certain level to, to, to be at least exposed. And when I saw that, Wayne, I was like, I don't want to be that. I want to be liked and known for who I am, not the position that I hold. And I quit my job six weeks later and said, I'm going to do something that I always wanted to do that I've never had the courage to do, which is to go to America. I wanted to do the year abroad. And um, I slept at my apartment. I went in a plane and I and I flew here. And that's how my American journey started. But it was, th- there were a couple of different things. So number one, I have a very um, a tumultuous relationship with my mother. Very, very difficult that once she's not on this planet anymore, I will I will talk about this in greater detail. She's still alive. So I... I keep these these stories to myself, but it's everything that you expect from, you know, a strong woman that went on the other side of the world. So all of that and then some. And my 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 self-awareness, which I didn't know was self-awareness at the time, to recognize I was going down a path that would turn me into a person that I did not ultimately want to be mm. and find myself and 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 invent who I was and figure out who I was. And then number three, the I didn't like fashion all that much. So what you hear about what goes on in the fashion world and the bulimia and anorexia and the judging and the and the and the the women that are just absolutely horrific to each other, all true. Mm. Yikes. Um, all right. So I've been taking some notes. Uh, you know, one of them is just the awareness around positional power. And a lot of people would feed their egos with that. This is me. I have control. Um, people want to be around me, right? I'm mighty. Um, all of that. Um, and for you to have the insight, the self-awareness of I'm going down a path to become a person I don't want to be. And I think that that is 
huge because a lot of the work that we do is about saying, well, what path do you want? Mm -hmm. And really then who do you need to become to have that path? And, and rather than letting the path shape you as you go down it, it's like, well, I'm choosing to become this person to actually own this path, this path of me, uh, this path of who I want to be in the world. So uh, that's, that's actually a lot of work. Um, and, and you created your own identity. I mean, you came here, you didn't know a whole lot of people here. Nobody. So you came here, you knew nobody here. No, I knew, uh, I knew one person. I knew one person. Let me rephrase. Yeah. I knew one person in Key West. Yes. And that's, um, and you, you came as a young parent at that time. Is that right? No, okay. no, I was, I was, I was 23. I flew to Miami and from Miami, I went down to the Keys. I had a, the sister of my editor. So one of my favorite editors was Corinna and she had a sister who had been living in Key West for years and had a, you know, and, and had two kids. And so she got me a position as an au pair. So, so here I am, I'm, I'm a high earning photo editor at Elle magazine. Next thing I live on a houseboat without water and electricity wow. and a bathroom. <laughs> and I am, and I am taking care of a six-year-old uh, conch, Key Westerner. And I lived on this houseboat for, I think, about four months or so. And I, you know, looking back, it's probably the most most formative and most amazing time of my life. And and to put it really bluntly, when you don't have a functioning bathroom and you don't have really electricity or all these other things, you have to deal with your own bleep, literally. And, mm. that, and that is a humbling experience to go like, well... Where do I take a shower? Where do I go to the bathroom? Yeah. Where do, you know, uh, but but ultimately there was just something about that where it was a, a recharge for my soul and I could, I could really figure out, the, the, I could lay the foundation of who, of who I was. And I mean, to this day when I go to Miami and then I take the five hour drive to Key West, it's still to me like I'm going home. Oh, that's great. Well, that's where you reinvented yourself. I right? did. It's and um, what a great age to do it. Twenty three, you know, so much changes from twenty to twenty five, and at twenty three, you're like, now I have to <laughs> deal with activities of daily living, right? And it's just like, how do you get through? So what? What happened after that? I mean, you something happened that turned you into the growth architect. Like, how did you, you didn't accidentally stumble into that. Um, or or maybe you did and then go, wow, this could be a business. What, what was that journey? Yeah, so after I uh, completed my time in Key West, I always knew that I was going to go back to uh, Los Angeles. So Los Angeles to me, is the city of misfits. And I say this very, very lovingly. So everybody who doesn't fit anywhere else somehow magically fits here. There's a lot of lot of crazy, non-conforming, colorful people. I mean, I just like that, you know, I mean, and it doesn't have to be somebody who is super colorful, but it, as long as somebody who has ideas, right? So that's what I, that's what I thrive on. 
if somebody just wants to take whatever $5 and make $5.50 out of it, I'm not the right person. But if somebody has $5 and says, I want to build a global empire that is helping people to do X, you know, I'm, 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 I'm all on board. So I, I came here and I put out my resume to get a job as a photographer rep or as an artist representative. And I got very quickly, I got a job for a hair, makeup and styling agency where I was a rep and I was showing the work to other, to other people and photographers. And then very quickly, the guy said, can you become a photographer rep? We wanted to add a division to our business and represent photographers. And I did that. And then I met a a man who seemed absolutely perfect. He had two flaws. He was a pathological liar and an alcoholic. But by the time I found out I was already married and and uh, had had, had a, a baby. It's and, a perfect mix, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, it, it does kind of go hand in hand, doesn't it? Sometimes. And, yes. And so I next thing I know, I'm finding myself in the midst of a massive recession. I'm getting laid off with a six-month-old. And I am in a miserable marriage with a man who had no idea how to be a father or a husband, but I picked him. Nobody forced me to do that. And I had to somehow figure out what I was going to do next. And that's when I, uh, the, the, my, my boss at the time said to me, you know, go ahead and just take this photography business. I don't want to revive it. I'm going to focus on my core business because of the recession, I'm have to cut, gonna cut cost, and so he did, and so suddenly I'm on my on my own in in one of the worst recessions we've ever seen, with a six months old in a miserable marriage with no business, no money, no no business skills, and now I have to figure out how in the world am I gonna make this work? Yeah. You are listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell. You know you are bigger than the life you are leading. It really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Alone, swirling in the city of misfits, when we last left our heroine, she was <laughs> she was uh, in deep despair, pondering over the meaning of her life and her future. Exactly. So that's exactly right. There you were um, in uh, a horrible marriage that you were getting out of, which for anybody that's gone through a divorce, you don't enter a marriage wondering, wow, I wonder how this will end. You enter a marriage with high hopes for longevity. And when a divorce happens, you start Mm -hmm. to question everything. And you question yourself, you question the other person, you question your life choices. And you're left now going, wow, I realize who he is. I realize 
more so who I am. And uh, what am I going to do? I have a six-month-old to take care of. So that brings us back. What did you do? What happened? Well, I, I, I it really wasn't so much me. It was a massive earthquake. So next thing, I wake up in the middle of the night, and we have this massive Northridge earthquake. What year was that? That was uh, 90... Well, 90 uh, 93 i think um 92 93 yeah 92 or 93 yes and so it's it's like somebody comes and takes you and shakes you to the core of your being i mean things are exploding alarms go off things are falling my absolutely useless husband says oh i don't even know and i'm like get under the table get the baby grab the phone everybody in the living room <laughs> so i'm my typical uh, drill sergeant and then afterward you know because it was shaking for months and months and months and months and months i'm like if this would have been the last day of my life, which it very, very easily could have been, what would I have done differently? And I said, I would have left this. I would have, I would have left him a long time ago. And then I went to Germany just to get my head clear, uh, to go to my dad's and to, you know, log on the mother load. And then afterward, I came back and I said, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm divorcing. And now. In the aftermath of this massive natural disaster where, you know, nobody went on a plane to fly to Los Angeles to take any photos. I mean, because the city was in shambles, but um, I had to figure out how to make it work. And that's when my 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 13 year journey to overnight success began. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, you're right there in the middle of it. So a couple of things come up about that, Beate, is um, one is it don't wait for some catastrophic event around you that threatens your mortality to really figure out that now matters because now plants the seeds for tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And what choices are you making now for yourself? And um, a lot of times you face mortality and you go, wow, is this the life I want? Well, yeah, so don't wait. That's one. And then two, look at you. Um, you know, taking you took your strengths in the midst of a catastrophe and you said, I'm the one here. And you were the one taking photos because no one's flying in, right? So you leverage that. So bring us from the earthquake to growth architect. Yeah. And then what happens? Then the journey kind of begins and it's a journey of just brutal hard work and survival. And I had to figure out how I was with my then deadbeat husband who said, well, if you want a divorce, that means you want to do all of this by yourself. I can help you with that. Uh, so go ahead and do this all by yourself without family. I mean, it was, it was, it was rough. It was really, that's probably the hardest time of my life. And over, over 10 years, I was, I was making it ahead and then I fell back and stuff happened and I, I was in debt. And then one day I wake up and I go, something's going on in my business. And I fired my employee and I find out that I fired her too late. She got too close to my key vendor. They set up their business with, which was my business without me. Next thing, my invoices are being paid to them. I sue them. I'm in a one-year lawsuit, you know, uh, go $130,000 in debt just to fight the lawsuit. When I think the lawsuit's about 
uh, uh, to settle and I get a little bit more cash because by the time I'm a big producer in Los Angeles, I'm producing for Levi Strauss, Mercedes Benz. You know, I had run a million dollar business in anybody's book. I'm in the top 4% of entrepreneurs. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. I got it figured out. But just as I'm like needing this money to fight some more, it's September 11th comes and wipes me out in one day. Like literally in one day, everything was over. So all my production business, all my clients, I had a half a million in production value on the book and it just got canceled in 24 hours. So here I am. I'm in this lawsuit. It's September, whatever, 12th. And I all my all my clients have canceled and I, I recognize I'm in really, really deep, 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 deep trouble. And then um, we kept the fight going. My five foot firecracker attorney and I against a farmer's insurance, which we didn't even know at the time that we were fighting one of the largest insurance companies in the world in a, because they, if I would have known that, that, that that's what we did, that they're with farmers and that this was about avoiding a verdict from a photographer betraying a rap, we would have probably played the game a little bit different because they did want case law, uh, obviously for, for photographers cheating, which they do all the time. And Next thing I know, so now the, the thing is settled and I start from zero. And now I have this idea. The built a stock photography syndication for architecture and interior. And I'm running up a spiral staircase weighing in four, four inch stilettos as fast as I can. And I'm going back in debt. And now I'm at $135,000 in debt. And I think this is it. It's over. I fly to Germany. I go, I have a great idea. I don't know how I'm going to do it. You know, let me drum up some business. Now my father has a stroke. My father didn't have a stroke. My father had pancreatic cancer. Mm. So now my father passes six weeks later. So here I am. I'm in debt, $135,000. My best friend, my biggest fan, the man who thought that no idea of mine was a bad idea mm. has died. I'm at the grave, picturesque in Nether Bavaria with a Baroque church behind me, overlooking the entire valley. And I get a phone call from my office and they said, we've just been served a notice, notice now I'm losing the house. Now, I, I didn't own the house, but I had an agreement with the previous landlord that I was going to run a home office, but he failed to put that as an addendum in the agreement. So when the property was sold after, as he was, as he was getting out, the new landlord wanted to get me out. And so I, I was served a notice, I'm losing the house. At that moment when I, I fell to my knee and I, I raised my fist and I yelled at God and I said, you know, if you have an idea, this would be a very, very good time to fill me in because I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe, Wayne, that at, the, at, at all of this, right, like 10 years of this, of just hardship and lie, being lied to and cheated. And, and I'm standing there and I'm going like, what the, what in the world is going on here? It just does not make any sense. I got back, I surrendered, looking for a bankruptcy attorney. At least I'm not drowning in a puddle, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm drowning flames, you know, ocean. Here's what's great, Beate, is that, right, the, in the world is exploding around you and something inside of you says, at least I still have me, right? That it's like the world is going to, you know, in a handbasket and... <laughs> You know what? At least I still have me. And somewhere, the, even though you may not have used these words to yourself, it's I believe in my ability to figure it out. And that is, you know, one of the lessons that I really want our audience to get is that 
no matter what's going on, you as an individual are not your circumstance. You are you with strength, with resilience, with courage. And, you know, Beate, you've, you relied back on yourself and said, okay, I believe in my ability to figure it out. Well, uh, and, and, and here is the turn of the story because yeah. now that I come back and I think that there is a part in our lives to add to what you just said, there's a part where you say, have I done whatever I could do to get to where I said I was going to go? And I checked all of it. I put it all out there. I burned the, I burned the ships. Uh, I destroyed the bridges. There was no other way. There was only one way. And that was to my goal, which is to be a successful business owner, to support my family of two, to be as good as a mother I can be, and to make an impact with the work that I do and help other people. I get a letter from the White House. The White House, from the President of the United States. And it says the president sends his best wishes. <laughs> now, let's make no mistake here. The president of the United States never saw this letter, right? This was written by some sort of intern in the mailroom. But what it did do, it put me in touch with the Small Business Administration and not with some underling, and I say this very respectfully, but with a second in command because they also got a letter from the White House. And so the deputy chief director of the Los Angeles County uh, Small Business Administration, a government institution helping businesses to find funding and um, and grow their businesses. So I'm sitting there with the second in command of all of Los Angeles County, the, one of the largest, largest SBA businesses. And he says to me, I'm going to put in what you put in. For the first time in years, I had a glimmer of hope where I was like, maybe, maybe this is, maybe it's going to take a good turn. He helped me to restructure my business plan. Now I had been prepared. I had written my business plan from nine o'clock until midnight when my daughter was in bed every single night. I had, you know, spent Saturdays and Sundays, you know, mapping out all the financials. I had a friend at the time who helped me to put all the numbers together on all the projections and what this was going to look like. They helped me find a bank that took my $135,000, restructured that in a 10-year fixed loan. Thank God for banks that work with the SBA. And then he, that freed up my line of credit. That brought me to break even. Three months later, Wayne, three months after the worst moment of my life, I'm at break even. This is how close it was. Mm -hmm. 18 months later, I'm the world leader in my category. Now a Bill Gates company comes and says, Beate, tell us how you did it. And I said, I will not, not do such thing. You want it? Like any self-respecting woman? You buy it. And he and they said, okay, how much do you want? I said, I want a couple million. And they said, all right. And 18 months later, the worst moment of my life, I become a self-made multimillionaire. Amazing. Here's the thing is you didn't sit back and go, well, I'm waiting to be rescued. You did the work. You created the business plan. Um, you know, a lot of people are like no no I know that I'll I know that I'll find the way it's like you find the way by being in action and you get feedback about that action well you got the feedback that what you created a business plan numbers 
it's exactly what the bank needed to show their belief in you, right? That's that's like if you had shown up any less prepared, uh, things would have turned out very differently, very differently. And the call from, you know, the Gates people would not have happened. It's like you laid the foundation by doing the work. And I think that that is when we talk about, for example, manifestation, it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish, you know, it's I have an idea and I'm going for it. And by doing the work and keeping everything else that's a distraction out, you are actually manifesting the thing. So mm-hmm. um, so it's great. So talk a little bit uh, about what it is you do now, because I find the idea of putting strategy to ideas is really tough for a lot of people mm-hmm. um, because it requires a perspective. It's a long-term perspective versus... Uh, and you know the 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 difference between strategy and tactics it's like tactics how many how many nails do you need to put into a certain board do you have those nails do you have the quality of nails do you have a few left over just in case there's some breakage or bend you know it's mm-hmm. like that's tactics uh operational strategy is long term right and so what uh what gives you the perspective yeah so so finally we arrived what what you want to have been talking about the entire time so i i think that the story <laughs> i love your story though that like we it, it's a good the, it's a it's a good story though and we and need I that think foundation to, to bring we us do we do need the foundation yes so what i've learned is that at the end of the day right it's really not that difficult when you build a house you need a blueprint you need a location you need a foundation, you need people who do the work, you need to figure out how big of a house you want, you need to know which way you want to face the house, where you want the morning light, the afternoon light, you want to see what you're allowed to do, what's within the parameters of this. So there's there's just a framework of this that you have to follow, right? So I built the framework, which is why I call it growth architecture. And that's why we call it the five-star success blueprint. And the five star success blueprint is is so simple that when I when I say it out, a lot of people goes like, "Well, that's really not brain surgery." It's not. The first step in the five star success blueprint is what's your idea? What is it? Why you? Why is it needed right now? And who wants to buy it? It's very simple. The second thing is what's our offer? Once we know who we service, then what do we have to give this person to solve the problem that we just figured out that they're doing? Then and only then are you going to the third one, which is to build the system. Because then you need what systems you need to present the offer to the people that have the problem that you just identified. Then and only then are you going to find the team, because then you need a team to operate the systems you've identified that manage the offer that helps the people solve their problem. And then finally, we come to you as the leader and we say, who do you need to be to manage those people that run these systems that manage that offer? to the very people that you solve the problem for. And if we keep just such a simple byline to our business, our operations, our teams, and we have that constantly in front of us, that's when we can cut all the fat, the distractions, the shiny bright objects, the squirrels, and we just focus on one thing. That's growth architecture. It's shortcuts. Love it. I love everything about that. Um, You know, one of the things that you said, and I'm going to recap this, so that our audience really gets this 
um, because it doesn't matter if you're building a business or whether you're planning a vacation or whether you're planning your life. This, these simple steps, and they are simple, they may not be easy for everybody or certain steps may not be easy. Recognize that simplicity uh, also means you get to work at it. You get to, you don't have to, you get to work at it. Here's one of the things that you said. The idea, like you talked about the house and yes, we need a foundation and all this stuff. You also said, where do you want this? Where do you want to see the sunset? And I think that one of the things that people miss when they start planning is what's the outcome? Like, what do I want to feel? What do I want to see? What do I want to experience? And then we look at, let's build that foundation that's going to allow me that. That's the key to living. That's the key to your life. What do I want to feel or experience? What foundation do I need? And from there, you look at the resources, which includes people, it includes materials, it includes time, it includes costs. Um, and and then you go, cool. So if with all that managing and me managing all of this, who do I need to be? And I love that. So I'm going to go through the steps. What's your idea? Why you? Um, why is that idea important? And by the way, I've done this work and it takes work. That piece, why is that idea important? Takes a lot of work. Um, and who wants to buy it? Now you're identifying your target market, which also takes work. What's the offer? What systems do we need? Who's going to do it? What team members do you need? By the way, that changes the bigger you get. And um, who do you need to be to be the right leader? Beate, I love all of that. That is gold. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Well, I mean, this is like one of my pet peeves, if I'm really honest, is that I look at a lot of this internet marketing and a lot of the the way ethical persuasion works and people running around and saying, if you have my thing, this one thing, it's the domino that makes it all work together. And then if you buy one more thing, one more high ticket thing, one more whatever, everything falls into place. And I look at this and I'm like, I'm going to call BS on that. Because right. the reality of it is that this isn't about on whether or not you are attracted to that. And then you go, well, let me see how that works. There's an example I use is when you look at nature, the tree doesn't in spring say, you know what, let's just start with about a hundred leaves. And uh, I'm just going to put out a hundred leaves. Then I'll wait a little bit, see how that feels, see how people react to my hundred leaves. And if I get a good feedback, then I'll, then I'm going to, then I'm going to maybe grow another hundred and then I'm going to do a careful rollout over the next couple of weeks where then I'm going to do uh, maybe a thousand at a time. So within three months, we should be finished with this project of putting the leaves on the tree. I mean, this is so ridiculous that uh, everybody goes, well, that, that's really stupid. So, but people do that. People go, especially in tougher times, they say, let me wait and see. For what? And so then somebody comes and has a has an ethical persuasion offer that is all fear-based, all FOMO, fear of missing out. And then you're inclined to do that because you feel like the urge to do something. And I want you to, if you're listening, I want you to just literally just stop that. I want you to look at what do I want? Where do I want to be? 
you need three things in life. You need a strategy where you want to go. You need systems, workflows, processes that get you there. And then you need to have authority to actually be the person that can make these decisions. And if you have these three, that's a good recipe for success. But you also have to, you know, the best kept secret, it's not going to work. Your imposter and confidence issues, that's not going to help you anything in life. You're going to have to say, but this is, this is what I want in my life. And this is where I want to go. We can give you the framework. You do this. I do this. You know, it's just then a question of who do you want to work with that can help you to identify what you need. But that's typically what happens when people come to me. They have tried all kinds of different things. I've worked with Amazon. I've worked with Reckitt. I've helped people like that to take, um, to bring people on the same page, following pretty much the same outline is, is what are you even trying to achieve? What is this supposed to do? I worked with Amazon on a project that included, um, one of their groups and they needed to come up with their three-year plan to figure out where where they would take it. And they had so many things that had been discussed that it was all over the place. And we just helped them with a partner together to organize all of this so that they had a three-year plan on what this, what this particular thing could even do. And sometimes you just have to go through the exercise of saying, how much is even out there? You get a facilitator. I do a lot of facilitation uh, coming in Help me see what I cannot see and help me understand what the core message of this is. And that is in Growth Architect. That's my superpower. So when somebody says something, I cannot help, I immediately get images in my head. I'm going to give you a couple of examples so you see what that looks like. So I was talking to somebody uh, who was on my podcast and he has a program now where he has developed an entrepreneurial MBA. And I have this visual and I said, well, it's like, I see you coming from the outside and, and basically going into a person and lighting a candle, like lighting the light to illuminate who this person is from the inside out. He says, nobody has ever said it so concisely. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. And he's like a, a transplant, uh, like a liver transplant survivor. Uh, he has a, has, has a very rare disease that almost killed him. So he, you know, he literally came back from the dead. And then I spoke to spoke to somebody the other day and he he had this this podcast idea. And I'm like, you know, this is not quite right. I added one word to what he did. And you should see, you should see it, you know, and then suddenly his whole his whole behavior changed. And it's, you know, and he's like, oh my goodness, how did you come up with that? I said, Well, but it's it's so obvious to me that that that's what you need to be doing. And you, you know, that's just my gift is that I can, I can literally physically see the pieces. That's my intuition, my gift, whatever you want to call it. And I help people to pull it together so that they have a passion that is connected. You know, Simon Sinek calls it the why, but that they have their passion that's deeply, deeply connected to what it is that they do. And on whether that is somebody who runs a bank or a car dealership or an entrepreneur with a crazy idea, if your passion to why you do this is not at the center of what you do, you are in deep trouble. Then you're just constantly running around trying to figure out how you feel. But if you feel passionate about what you do, then everything else is is just a, 
a strategy that then helps you develop the tactics that helps you implement on how you how you achieve your goal. It's easy. It's easy. Biate, that's awesome. It is easy when you live fully in that alignment. These are my values. Do these values, how do they get expressed? And that's where you need the strategy. That's where you need the systems. And that's where you need to step into your own authority. This is this is really good. Um, I mean, it's these are lessons that I'm hoping that, uh, uh, you know, as for our viewers, for our, our listening audience, that you'll replay this because there are pieces that Beate shared that will affect you personally and will affect the way you do business like gold. I'm so glad, so glad you're here. What did I not ask you? Like, what uh, is there a parting anything that you want to share and where can people find you? Yeah. I mean, so before I go into that, I just want to encourage your audience, wherever you pick up this podcast, please do go there and subscribe to the podcast and give Wayne a five-star review and leave a comment. Even if it's a green heart that just says you listen to this entire episode, but the algorithm looks for engagement and Wayne is on a mission. He does this as a passion project. You don't get paid to do podcasts. He gets. Uh, he wants to share this message, so help him do that and share this episode, please, with one other person who needs to hear what we were talking about today. With that, that was being beautiful, thank you. That was <laughs> so you don't have to say it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, 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 endorses this message. Um, <laughs> so the the thing that I I think that is important to point out is like, why did I not give up? What was it about failure that I? I was able to overcome because in everybody's book, people would have given up for much lesser things than I did. And I just didn't. So what was it? And I think ultimately what I want to leave it at is you think that when you go to your car and the GPS said, you know, you know, the software needs to be updated and you're like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And you never do it. Then one day you end in the cul-de-sac because the freeway is being built. Boom. Now you can't go there. So you're going to get out of the car going to throw yourself on the pavement right in front of the construction crew. You're going to go like, I'm the worst driver in the world. This sucks. I will never drive a car again. I'm going to sell my car and insurance is too expensive anyway. I hate this car. Uh, I can't believe I fail so badly at everything that I do. You do nothing like that. You go, my friend's house is still there. I took a wrong turn that I probably could have avoided would I have prepared properly. So you just turn around, wave at the person in the neon suit with a stripe and the hard hat and the stop sign, and then you move on and find another way. So good. It's so good. (laughs) Did you did you have that visual of the person in the suit on the on the ground throwing the temperature? I did, I, I did. and you know it's uh, it, it takes an analogy that I use a little bit further, which I really love because it's like if you make a mistake, right? You're you're doing dishes, you bre- break a glass. Darn it, I broke a glass. You don't then go to your cupboard and break all the glasses because you broke one glass. It's or like, sell your house. Or sell your house, or burn it down, <laughs> or whatever. It's like. No, it was a thing. Now what? Right. And, and I think that's really great. I think that's really great. So 
How do people find more about you? Um, where, how, all that stuff, please. Yes. So what I would uh, recommend, so if you've heard something and you go, I must talk to this person, by all means, go ahead and do so. Make sure you mention the show so we can get your priority treatment. Go to uncoverysession.com and schedule a 15-minute uncovery session with a business growth advisor. And just to help, help ask us to help you with some of these things to figure it out, we'd be happy to do that. I am all over social media on LinkedIn uh, under Beate Chalette or The Growth Architect. And I, uh, you can check out the Five Star Success Blueprint by going to fivestarsuccessblueprint.com uh, and, and, and see that, how that works. And just go to my website, check out what we do. But the best way is I do like to speak to people. If you hear something that resonates, take me up on the offer. You're here for a reason. Honor that. If we can help you, we'll tell you. If we can't help you, we'll tell you. If we know somebody who can help you, we'll tell you. That's beautiful. Excellent. I'm going to repeat it, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uncovery session, where you're uncovering things. Uncoverysession.com is where to schedule a time with you. Fivestarsuccessblueprint.com. And uh, all the socials, Beate Chalette. B-E-A-T-E, Chalette, C-H-E-L-E-T-T-E, and look for her and Growth Architect on all the socials. Good? Excellent. Thank you so much for for, for giving me uh, the opportunity to give everybody a shout out. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I I can't tell you. This is really great. I uh, One of the reasons I do podcasts is to be able to... Um, uh, just grow myself, right? So it's like I get to talk to amazing people from around the world. Turns out uh, you've come from around the world. You're now based in LA. Uh, so thank you once again, Beate Chalette. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for having giving me the opportunity to be here. I appreciate uh, it. It's great. This is One Sharp Sword Cutting Through to What Matters Most. My guest today, Beate Chalette. I am Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach and the President of Dynamic Leader, Inc. Thank you. Uh, do as Beate suggested. Do uh, like and leave a comment for, for this. And please reach out to Beate as well. We'll see you here next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor.